it's exhilarating because like you said, there's risks you're taking, mm -hmm. um, but it is, is so worth, worth it, so worthwhile when it, you see that goal and you achieve it and then you're like, oh, I have the money and the pledges can get their stuff and, and your book comes to life. If you're a busy mom, but you have writing goals and dreams that you're working on, this podcast is here to help you achieve them. My name is Jackie, and I'm a mother and an author of a self-published young adult novel and a firm believer in the power of moms to create. This podcast is about finding inspiration and insight. It's about learning new ways to fuel your writing and to share your writing with the world and sometimes actually all the time it's about taking a moment to just laugh at and appreciate the crazy everyday chaos that is being a writing mother. Hello mums welcome to another episode of These Mums Write. I thought I would drop the episode a little bit early this week because hello it's Mother's Day and the last thing I want is for you to have to drink those mimosas or lie in bed all day without something to listen to. Today's guest is such a delight and her message is truly a gift, especially for those of you moms who maybe are hesitating from pursuing your writing dreams because of worrying about the big M word, money. Books cost money to produce, and that can be a major barrier, but it doesn't have to be. Janie Mary is a mom, a self-published author, and the president of the Yukon Writers Society in Oklahoma. A few years ago, she launched a Kickstarter that successfully funded her debut picture book called Ready, Set, Sloth. Janie had zero background in publishing and crowdfunding, and in this episode, she shares how she pulled off her campaign and what surprising spin-offs have happened because of it, including her new side hustle as a crowdfunding consultant. Please welcome the adorable Janie Mary. Hi, Janie. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Jackie. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. So first question I have is tell me about Ready, Set, Sloth. Usually I ask people like what they're most excited about right now. I feel like that's probably what you're excited about, but correct me if I'm wrong. It actually might be a little different and it wouldn't have happened, but a few weeks ago, um, my best friend, Shayla, um, she had been the organizer of the local writers group um, here in our hometown. And she'd been doing it for four, almost five years. And she just got married and she wanted to focus more on, you know, her new family and, and her business. So she stepped down as organizer and I'm, I was an introvert and she's kind of pulled me into an ambivert <laughs> and I was just like, Oh no, I can't not have my writer's group to go to, um, such a big part of my identity. So I stepped up with like the condition that the other trustees, like we just make a board instead of like one person running it, we run it together as a board. So that's what I'm most excited about is cause that's kind of a position I haven't done before and lots of plans like long-term and and the more immediate like bi-weekly workshops that we do so really get behind the scenes of like oh this is this is what Shayla did um but we're kind of doing uh, our own spin on it so I am excited for the writers group and the direction we're taking and let's see I can also say I'm excited about my coloring book that's going to be coming out soon it pairs with ready set slaw oh, okay it's, yeah it's called ready set color and it's got all the characters from the first book. And it's the same illustrator, Cami Vollmer. And 
we have three new illustrations, not just the same artwork from the first book, but I wanted to add some new um, pictures. And I added some activity pages because I didn't want it to just be a coloring book. So there's some handwriting pages for the little guys to practice their alphabet and um, crossword puzzle and word search and a maze and things to kind of make it more fun. And it's not just about coloring. Mm. And, and my dog's very excited about it. And um, yeah, so we're getting it uh, formatted. And so hopefully I can upload it pretty soon. But I was excited to kind of carry on the story. People were asking for a sequel. And I was like, for ready, set, slop, like he had his happy ending. <laughs> but I thought it would just be fun to kind of um, have an activity book out there um, to go along with my picture book. It could also kind of promote each other. Like if somebody's looking for a sloth coloring book, they'd be like, oh, well, this goes with um, a picture book that has a story. And, you know, I have a kid and we could color it together and then we could read at bedtime. And I just mm-hmm. thought it would be nice to Let's see what else we have a coloring book, we have the writing group, and I have been intrigued with the idea of writing in other genres. So I'm experimenting because I'm used to picture books, and it, every other genre is like it's another ball game completely. <laughs> I have to change my mindset of like take away all the words, less words is better, less words, you know, really fine tune it. And then it seems like if you're doing YA or adult and any of the subgenres, it's like. Nah, we like the word count up it, you know, do more. So it's work, but I love it. So I don't view it as work. And that's what I always wanted to, you know, kind of have a job that I could think of it that way. So yeah, that's beautiful. And did the coloring book. So Ready, Set, Sloth, that was published with a traditional publisher. Is that right? I actually self-published it. I pitched it to agents for about a year and a half. And then my friends from the writer group, they were encouraging me. They're like, you can do it on your own. And I was like, yeah, but you need money to do that. And I don't have money. (laughs) So uh, Shayla suggested, uh, I, well, she said, what about Kickstarter or GoFundMe? And I was like, I don't know how to do a crowdfunding thing, but I can figure it out. So that's where I um, kind of learned about Kickstarter and actually you know, there's several platforms you can, you can crowdfund. So I decided on Kickstarter because I liked the um, all or nothing concept. That urgency kind of makes people like, oh, if they really like it and they're like, oh, I, you know, I better support it and um, pledge to it. And I thought it would be a bigger ask, but I think people that admire these creative projects, they're just like, hey, I'm pre-ordering this thing. So if, if you actually make your goal, and you can get it published and like they can hold it in their hands. And it, it, I mean, I'll be forever grateful for all of my backers. I love that you just were like, I don't know how to do that, but you went and you dove in. So t- can you tell us more about that experience? Yeah. yeah, it was a learning curve. It actually had a lot of people like um, in, in the writer group that I'm doing now um, ask for me to do a workshop on it. So they, I think it's intimidating because you're like, what are you, you know, you're organizing a whole campaign and what if it doesn't make or you can't get enough support. So there's a lot of resources and tools that if if you have those worries and number one, if you can promote it, like have your own like cheerleader section, like um, personal friends, social media platforms, 
you know, and kind of get them amped up for it. And then you launch it. And that's when you get your, you know, you've, you've gotten your ducks in a row um, and you can pick from your goal amount, you know, fi- um, financially that there's a time limit you can pick. Um, they, the people that run the Kickstarter, you know, site, they recommend the shorter campaigns do better because there's like, oh, we only have 30 days to make this dream happen. And um, there's, there's kind of like, support group within the Kickstarter community. Like Mm -hmm. if you go, cause there's all sorts of creative projects you can get into, you know, music or movie, or, you know, somebody has just an idea, maybe an invention that they just need money to, you know, actually get it engineered. So, but I was just focused in the publishing um, category and there's a lot of people, you know, they just, they're like, Oh, that's a great story idea. And so they'll back it and, Kickstarter is different from others because it's all or nothing. Because if you don't make the goal that you set, um, mm. then nobody is charged any money. So they are for sure if they commit that money and it and it makes the goal, then they're going to get their reward. Um, um, I was mm. calling them prizes, and you and as a campaign um, manager, you have to kind of brainstorm like what kind, how can I incentivize getting more pledge pledges to come in. And so I kind of found that to be fun because I wanted different levels and to offer it a different, you know, financial Mm. to be open. Like, Hey, if someone can only donate a dollar, that's great. If they can only donate um, $5, here's like, they were going to get an E uh, an ebook version. And then people that could pledge more. I, I think I had bundles of prizes. Um, all sloth related, of course. I had like some pewter sloth rings. Um, I worked with a friend here in town. She makes homemade Play-Doh and she's a 3D printer. So we made sloth cookie cutters so kids could um, do Play-Doh and make sloth out of them. And um, I had combo packs of like uh, paperbacks and hardbacks if they wanted one of each and, you know, they could give it to a friend. And anyway, you can, you can dub all these levels Mm-hmm. A, a name, you know, and describe it. And it's just, it, you get all your details set up front. So you're very transparent for pledgers. And um, I set my goal at $4,000 because I figured that would cover my illustrator and my formatter and my editor. Just like, I wouldn't be in the hole making this book. <laughs> and um, we made that goal and I had about a week left of my 30 day campaign. So you can choose to stretch if maybe you can get more pledges. And I was like, well, can we do another thousand dollars? But the goal, the, the, the 4,000 had already made. So even if I didn't make the stretch goal, my book was still gonna, you know, come to life. Um, but I just thought, hey, let's, I'll take up this challenge, we'll see. And so my incentive for making the stretch goal was I would donate, I think about half or three fourths of that extra money towards a sloth sanctuary. And we could adopt a sloth. Oh, you're so cute. Oh my gosh. Stop, Jamie. Oh my God. (laughs) I had looked into them because I thought that'd be a big incentive. And if they, if those backers helped me adopt, then they could feel like, Hey, and yeah, this animal totally. sanctuary is pretty great. They're from Florida and they're, um, they're called amazing animals, Inc. They have all sorts of 
reptiles and birds and mammals and and of course sloths were the the main one and they just had a baby sloth so they were oh my gosh oh my gosh i know (laughs) a baby sloth into the mix yes yeah so i was like oh i really want to sponsor baby (laughs) lima so they had i think their sponsorship started at 500 so i was like guys if we can you know i'll make a thousand dollars i'll I'll sponsor the baby sloth. They were trying to like get a new habitat built for the baby sloth and his, his mom and dad. Also within the time of the Kickstarter and when I was getting the, the prizes mailed out to everybody, they, they got a a new sloth in the time that I got all my Kickstarter stuff set up and launched. And so uh, Lena's only one year old now, but when he's older, They've already got a girlfriend set up for him because this sloth came their way and she's a girl um, on the younger side. And I was like, oh, but when he turned one um, last June, all of the sponsors were invited to his birthday party. What? <laughs> so what? I, I like That's to amazing. send out my emails to keep my my pledges. I'm like, look, we, we are sponsored. You're my co-sponsors with this baby sloth and we're going to go to Florida and to the zoo. There's a sloth birthday party with a cake and balloons and little freebies that they gave all the um, sponsors. And then um, the birthday party, they were bringing out this cake that was like made out of, you know, yams and yogurt and things that he would actually eat. And he's coming out with his little zookeeper just hanging on her shoulders a one-year-old sloth. I was picturing a baby baby, but they're like fully grown um, by that point. I was like, oh, he's so much bigger than I thought. <laughs> but we all got to pet him. And actually, I'd taken my girlfriend, a couple girlfriends, and Shayla was one of them. She's like, okay, so you guys, you have the book in the gift shop, Ready, Set, Sloth. Here's the author. Can she read to the audience? And so they let me read Ready, Sloth in, in front of the whole zoo um, and with Lima right next to me. So we, we got a few um, prime pictures of that because I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's like every so, sloth lover's dream come true. It was. It absolutely was. Yeah, it was. It was one of my the best days of my life. And, and it just, it just kept rolling. Cause I got, I thought I was just going to get to pet him, which was, I was over the moon about, but then she was like, Hey, can she read? And the zookeepers were like, yeah, we, you know, cause I had asked them when I was setting up to be a sponsor, I was like, Hey, this is from a Kickstarter. If you partner with me um, and have my book in your gift shop, I'd love to promote your animal sanctuary on my social media platforms and um, kind of do a, a give and take partnership there. And they, they were up for that. So, you know, it's, it, networking was not my thing before becoming a self-published author, but it is essential. <laughs> so um, you got to get creative and out of the box and kind of ask for these things. And my dad always like said, the worst they can say is no. So might as well try it. So that was, that was my Kickstarter. And that was <laughs> what I did during the quarantine. <laughs> I made oh my a book. gosh! Yeah, yeah, that is so amazing. I love so much of what you're, like, you're saying that went into that. Really wrote this book from your heart. 
And, but you also took so many risks and like really put yourself out there and setting up partnerships with other organizations and, you know, yeah, being so sure. creative, all the partnerships with the people that helped you with the freebies, like reaching out to your network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's thanks. so many layers of what you accomplished. Yeah. Oh, layers is a good term. Yeah. I mean, organization um, is key because there are so many components in making your own book and then also trying to make it successful that experience led to others because I was like, man, I love doing this. And of course I did it with a team of people, just not totally on my own, but you know, mm. you figure it out. And if there's um, hiccups along the way, you just work it out. So I do a lot of like freelancing now, since I kind of know how it works in, in the um, self-publishing side of the publishing world. And so I'll help other people that are like, Hey, I want to do my own book or my own picture book. Um, and one guy, um, he doesn't do picture books, but he moved from Texas and now he's in Oregon. That's not a pertinent piece of information, but that's sometimes <laughs> when I get in storytelling mode, I'm like, I haven't filtered out those details, but I like uh, it. <laughs> but uh, he wrote, he was writing a book, um, uh, adult fantasy. He wanted to do a Kickstarter and use that platform as like a marketing tool, like I mean, because you're you've already got a band of people like uh, backing this project, and then you're asking, mm -hmm. "Hey, can you if you spread the word, then we're gonna, we're just going to get more support for it." Like I said, back to that win-win situation. Like they get their books um, kind of pre-ordered, and they also typically Kickstarters offer like those little extra prizes along the way. Um, like I mentioned, the jewelry or the play-doh. So um, he he wanted to do Kickstarter, but he was like. I'm a boomer and I'm not sure how that works. And he's like, I will pay you to do that. And I was like, oh my goodness, can I, is that another thing I can do? Like <laughs> manage other people's campaigns? Yes, I can do that. So um, he was, he was really great to work with because he'd already kind of thought of some prizes that he wanted to offer and he already had his goal set in mind. So we weren't starting from scratch. Like he kind of knew the skeleton of what he needed to do for the campaign. And I just was like, yeah, let's follow through. Or let me reach out to some people on Etsy and see if they can do, um, since it was kind of like a dark fantasy, there was, and ravens were a big um, symbol in his book. We, look, we looked for Etsy artists that did raven um, bookmark, a raven feather bookmarks, you know, just things to add. Like, hey, mm -hmm. if you support me at this level, then you get the hardcover and a bookmark and a blah, 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 you know, and there's some cool art cards coming. He was he was very excited about this project. So um, it launched in September of last year. And I told him the same thing, like the shorter, uh, the more urgent people are like, yeah, I want to back it instead of they think it's a great idea. But if you put the goal off so far down the road, they might put it in the back of their mind like, oh, well the deadline's not until two months from now. Yeah. I'll get back to it, you know, yeah. and then it's kind of forgotten. So you, you want to have that urgency. Like, so they're like, Oh, there's only five days left to support yeah. it. And it, I, you know, we're, we're close to the, to the goal. So we made, we made the goal fairly quickly. Now I would, everything's set for just getting it all shipped to the, the pledgers. And that's kind of the wrap up the end of that stage of the campaign. And it was, it was just fun, you know, helping him all year long, getting it prepped. And then the exciting, like, Ooh, how many sports do we get today? And of course I'm blasting it all on my social media and, um, and it's, it's, it's exhilarating. Cause like you said, there's risks you're taking, mm -hmm. um, but it is, it's so worth 
worth it. So worthwhile when it, you see that goal and you achieve it and then you're like, oh, I have the money and the pledges can get their stuff. And, and your book comes to life, you know, with the help of so many people, but you can actually hold it in your hands. That's what, you know, I get all emotional over. Cause I'm like looking at my cover and I'm still like, I wrote these words, but there's artwork and people are, are contacting me back saying they read it to their kids and mm. um, invited me to do an author reading at classrooms. And I'm just like, it's surreal. Like <laughs> I didn't think it would. Um, and I know it's not a huge, huge, you know, like nationwide, but even just doing local things around here in Oklahoma has, it's, it's been a blast. I'm, I'm, I just didn't think it would go this way, but I'm very pleased. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. I mean, it's getting out there, right? Yeah. And I like the, it. I think it's, it's such a reversal of the traditional book launch approach where you're trying to get people revved up to something that is inevitable. Whereas with this Kickstarter, it's almost like the reverse, right? Like there's this big risk factor, which mm-hmm. is interesting because it, it kind of reminds me of like the, the risk, uh, the plot tension in a book, right? Where it's like, <laughs> if we don't get there, this thing is gonna, it's not gonna happen. And yeah. so it's, it's so much, it's so exciting. And, it's, and I would imagine a bit scary because all this work and then it could just not happen. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what makes it so much. I, I don't know. I'm just so intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it absolutely is the, the reverse of it. Um, but yeah, that's what made me think. I was like, yeah, if, if the backers like it and they can put their money down, it's like they're pre-ordering the book, like, mm-hmm. like for traditional publishing people. I, yeah, there's a lot of overlap on similarities of self-publishing and traditional publishing. And I have friends from both sides of uh, the, wor- the the writing world. And I, I have friends that are hybrid, you know, they, they did self-publish and then they got picked up by a publishing house and now they have agents. And I'm just like, you know, like the world is your oyster. Like you have so you have this hobby or this is how mine was. I was just a hobby and you're encouraged by a great group of people that have um, this like-minded interest of like, no, writing is a part of your soul. Like back to risk, you're letting other people read it and critique it and helping you polish it up. So it's the best it can absolutely be. And then you can show it off. And I always say book baby. Cause I'm like, I put so much time and work into you. You're like another child of mine. (laughs) Um, So you're, yeah, your book baby's out there in the world for everybody to see. And I know for self-publishing authors, we depend on reviews because if, if it has a lot of reviews, then it shows up higher on the Amazon rankings just because I'm not through a publishing house. um, It still has merit. So I, um, I'm always asking for reviews and I have gotten thicker skin since starting this um, whole writing journey five years ago because I'm such a sensitive person. I'm just like, please like me, please. I don't want to hear anything ugly. And so when I first did my first draft of Ready, Set, Sloth, I was like, I don't want to turn it in. In fact, my so Shayla was the organizer and she was like, Janie, you're a charter member of this group and you've not turned in anything for us to read. And everybody has, you know, everybody's had a turn. Now we need you to take your turn. And I'm like, okay, I have this book about a sloth. (laughs) And so they gave great feedback. And, you know, it was my first stab at trying to do a picture book. So I really needed to cut down on the word count was my number one thing. And 
it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, doing draft after draft, I think there were, you know, 847 drafts later, it finally felt like it was done, (laughs) but they encouraged me. And I, I, that thin skin just comes back every time I get a critique from the group or feedback from some Facebook groups, you know, that I put it out there too. And then I was like, okay, once it's published, there's, there's, there's more nitpickers out there because they'll read it and they'll review it and say something, but so far, no harsh reviews um, yet, but I know as an author, you're supposed to welcome, you know, all, all kinds of feedback. So if someone doesn't like it, then that's fine. It's still worthwhile to see um, what they think of it. So I try and just like gear myself up. I'm like, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> you know, you can do this. <laughs> Are you just like refreshing that Goodreads page? Yeah. I go through moods. Either I want to totally ignore them and like, I don't know. I'm just going to assume if they're leaving a review, it's five stars and they love it and blah, blah, blah. Or I'm like, I really want to know what they say, like specifically. <laughs> so I'll just dive in and then read through all of the reviews. And yeah, so it depends on my mood. If I just want to be ignorance is bliss <laughs> or I've got to know, I've just got to know. <laughs> I think that's what I love so much about your story and just about, you know, you is that you did come from this place of being really, you know, scared and it's, it is hard to share your work. And then, but you've come so far, like you've done something that most writing moms and writers would be like, wow, that sounds terrifying. But <laughs> so they could see like, it's such an inspiration because they can see, oh, well, okay. Yeah. That's how I felt. Like, I feel scared mm-hmm. just sharing it with my, my best friend, Shayla, who's like, obviously yes. awesome. And yeah. I, we all need a Shayla, but, <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> but, uh, like, you know, you're like scared to share it with her, but now in such a short amount of time, really, like you've really pushed those comfort zones and where oh, you, yeah. so you said that, that you started five years ago and your son is four. So, so I guess like during all of that, you were also like dealing with being a mom. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, the mom, the mom side of this. So The best way I can describe how those two parts of my life kind of intertwine. Um, Yeah, I I joined the writers group when I was um, very early in the pregnancy. So, I mean, Luke's always, you know, kind of been a a factor. But I thought, um, you know, eight months down the road, I would be so busy with a newborn and I would have no energy. You know, you don't get sleep that I would have to put everything else on hold. So I had like warned um, Shayla and the other writers. I'm like, probably going to have to step down. I won't be making it to the meetings. And, and I definitely want to, you know, free time to write. And I know even at church, like I was in the choir and I was like, guys, I won't, I probably won't make it to rehearsals. So I, I won't be in the Christmas program. And, you know, I just warned them that I would have to step back and focus on my new baby. And then I had Luke and yeah, it's a tornado, you know, getting all adjusted to this, this whole new, I mean, he's our first and only child. So it was like, you know, no children in the house. I mean, we have pets, but boom, here's this child. I, I had postpartum, but I finally recognized that I had been mom instantly after having Luke and like only mom and like Janie had disappeared. Like, Mm. And that's, that was really hurting the healing process of, of postpartum. So I was like, oh, I need to go back to facets of my identity pre-Luke, you know, pre-baby. So I was like, all right, I need to get back into choir. I need to 
go back to my writer's group and have those breaks from the baby and those that that time back to just being Janie again. So um, I think Luke was probably two or three months old when that hit that I was like, I need I need to go back to those things and, you know, get out of the house. Everybody was like, oh, my goodness, of course. And they were happy to see, you know, see me and see pictures of the baby and all that. So um, it got me back on track uh, to better mental health because um, it was I did. I missed having, you know, just Janie, like being a mom is all about juggling. But I, I knew I needed to juggle, get those balls back into my juggling routine because I, I was I was a little bit empty without it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I went back to writing and I love being around those my, my friends again, Luke was probably two and a half, I think when the quarantine was going on. And, um, so we were home like all the time, like nobody's doing those meetings or anything. And I was just like, we have a a lot of extra time on our hand, just you and me kiddo, like, uh, (laughs) let me, you know, and that's where the project came from. And, and we were still trying to meet virtually. So my group was like, Oh, that sloth idea. Let's polish that up. And, and you've, queried it to a lot of agents and what do you, what's the next step? And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to wait around for agents. You know, I kind of want to take yeah. a bull by the horns and and just run with it, especially since COVID's here, it would give me something to do and an accomplishment that can be like, this is what I did last year when the world was, you know, on fire. <laughs> so, exactly. I saved a baby sloth. Yeah. 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 Oh, so that, yeah, that was, that was kind of my testimony of like, I thought writing would be a distraction and a drain on my, what little energy I had left besides what I devoted to Luke, but I absolutely need it. Like every day, I'm just like, I need something that's not Luke centric. <laughs> so, yeah. so instead of being a drain, the writing actually fuels you. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was a huge part of my identity. Um, I just didn't realize how tightly I needed to hang on to it. Um, you know, with the, with the transitions you go through life, like they're my constant. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And so, I mean, look at your life. It's so rich now. So I saw from your, your website, so you're doing you know, self-publishing, guiding, Kickstarter coaching. Huh? Yeah. And the other one was the book launch coach as well. Yeah. I thought, I mean, Hey, if, if I'm going through this and, and sharpening my skills, you know, writing is not just craft, like, or at least for self-publishing authors, you have the brand and the marketing you've got to keep up with. And I was like, there's all these things going on um, to make a book happen, but I've learned these skills. Why not offer those skills to other people? And, and, like I said, it was a team effort and I had people helping me. So I kind of wanted to turn around and do the same, which I have seen a lot of that in the writing world too. Like just, I am always up for uh, book reviews, like to being a reviewer for people. And if they need like uh, advanced reader copies, um, just to get reviews started turning, you know, like I'm like, wow, you get a book you know, I just turn around and give you a review. That's that wonderful. Like I help you and you help me situation and everybody comes out a winner. And um, I'm a member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. And there was something I think on their website or maybe it was at their last conference. But anyway, it kind of stuck with me. They were like the writing industry is more about promoting community over competition. And I was like, whoa, 
That's so true. Like, yeah, we all are trying to get our own book out there, but it's not like I'm going to put down your book to get mine in front of yours. Like that, that's not a thing. Like if we're all here for book lovers and we're not going to be picky and choosy. Like I like mine because I did it and I don't like yours. You know, like, it's like, no, I'm, I love books, all books. Like let's help each other as a team. And, and so, yeah, when I was like community over competition, yeah, I can totally back that theology. Like, I was just like, I love it. Like, but that's because I'm so anti-conflict. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I don't like bad things, but that's probably why I like books. I can escape the bad things that happen in real life. Yeah. But and I mean, you're taking, you mm-hmm. are taking risks too. Like I would say you're not just burrowing into your little hole, right? Like I also don't like conflicts, but I think it's also important for writers to like, not be afraid of that potential, right? Or rejection, all of those, all of those things, those are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's, I didn't really ever think of myself as a risk taker because I just did not have the confidence and the self-esteem to go after stuff. But yeah, the, the Yukon Writers Society definitely got me out of my shell and it was life-changing because I wouldn't have tried to attempt to do any of this book stuff it was just going to be a hobby, like in my mind forever, just a side hobby. And it turned into more because of people's encouragement. I'm like, Oh, I am a different person than I was, you know, a, a few years ago and I'm better for it. Definitely. I'm happier. And I just wouldn't have ever guessed when I think of little Janie who definitely was, was inspiration for sloth in the story. Um, you know, just stuck like, okay, I'm slow. It's like, okay, I'm very shy. And I don't like, you know, trying things because you could fail, you know, and that's bad. Um, so it, it, it hits close to home. Um, kind of well, when you write book babies, you do put a little part of yourself into those stories. And it's, it's, it still blows me away because I'm like, oh, wow. So you're saying, you know, risk taking. Oh, that's not Janie. Oh, it kind of is, I guess, at this point in my life. <laughs> it still kind of shocks me, though, because I wouldn't I wouldn't think I would have evolved so much internally. But I did. And, I'm mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. and if you could give your five years ago, Janie, one piece of advice, what would that advice be? Oh, good question. I probably would tell her that, that it's, it's okay to have those worries and fears, but you can just like tuck them away in your pocket, go ahead and listen to all your friends that are saying you can do this. I would hopefully get to the same goal, but quicker. Like if I could encourage myself um, from five years ago, like just be like Janie worries are fine, but they have their place and just let it, you know, like water on a duck's back, just let it go. And if you're successful, that's great. And if not, you had fun along the way and you had that, you know, you can grow um, from failures and you can grow from successes. So either way, it's, it's a, it's a good journey. So I don't know. That wasn't very concise. (laughs) No, no, that was good. Put those worries in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done (laughs) sometimes. So for the writers group that you're now leading, is that the Yukon Yukon Writers Society? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and what's your position there now? 
um, since we're running as a not, I mean, we've always been a nonprofit. Um, so I'm the president now and I have um, a secretary and a treasurer because that's like the minimum amount of officers. Um, and then we have two other trustees that are on the board and help make decisions. So we have five, five ladies, four of them are moms. I like it because I was like, well, it's less intimidating if it's not just on my shoulders to run the group. And, um, you know, five heads better than one. I would not come up with the ideas that were being generated without this like think tank going on. So, yeah, I could, yeah. I, I, you took a long time to admit that you're the president, Janie. <laughs> you're, yeah. she's like, you're like talking around it a bit. You're the president. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not just um, me. There's other people. Yeah. That's yeah. great. You're the president. I mean, that's exciting. And I know it's probably a little bit scary too, but what isn't? I know. Yeah, I, I guess um, the five years has been a lot of legwork on gaining confidence and the self-esteem that I always felt like I was lacking. So, yeah. So where can people connect with you? I am, I've tried to hit most of the platforms um, on Facebook. Janie Mary author would be my author Facebook page and Instagram at Janie Mary and Twitter at Janie Mary. There's an underscore between Mary um, and Janie on Twitter. Someone must have stole the Damn first them. Thing. Damn <laughs> the other Janie. <laughs> and um, I do have a TikTok. I am slowly learning about TikTok. Um, and my website is JanieMary.com. So. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. Absolutely, Jackie. Happy to be here. I hope you learned a little bit about crowdfunding from that conversation and enjoyed meeting Janie. So here are the top takeaways. Number one, crowdfunding is a team effort. Reach out to your writing friends and include them in the planning and delivery of the launch. Number two, crowdfunding is also about networking and partnerships. So start thinking now about who you could work with to offer those book-related prizes. Number three, and if you reach your goal early, a secondary goal like the Sloth sponsorship can be a great way to continue to leverage the momentum. Number four, your backers are your supporters. Consider ways to keep the relationship going even after the campaign has closed, like Janie did with her Sloth event. Number five, if it all seems overwhelming or scary, know that it's okay to have worries. Tuck them into your pocket and remember, you're capable of more than you think. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I would love it if you could subscribe or like this podcast on Apple or Spotify. Come on over to the These Moms Write Facebook group so that we can have a conversation about what we talked about here today. I'm really excited to hear what your thoughts are about Kickstarter and crowdfunding. And if you're looking for more great mom podcasts to listen to, here are a few of my recommendations. Raising Inner Warriors, a podcast for moms about how to support kids with anxiety. Get Outside with Kids, a podcast to help moms engage in outdoor fun with their kids. And lastly, The Reawakened Mom, which offers strategies and tips to help moms tap into their passions. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy Mother's Day and happy writing. <laughs>